0: What's up YouTube, I'm Robert and this is the Biker Channel. Uh, there's a lot of new subscribers, so today uh, I, I guess I have to reintroduce the, the, the channel to people. This is the Biker Bar, I do this on Sundays at 5 p.m. PST. Sometimes it's every Sunday, sometimes it's not. So the best way to uh, know what's going on is just go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Hit the little bell icon, and that gives you the notifications when things are coming up. And those of you guys that are watching stuff after the fact, the easy way to tell the difference between this and the POV videos is all the Biker Bar thumbnails have the Biker Bar podcast up in, uh, icon up in the upper right-hand corner. So it's like, Black and white and yellow, and then the biker channel videos, which are more the POV regular video, like YouTube mountain bike video style, is just a white biker icon, the one that's been there since I started the the uh, <laughs> since I started the channel. Somebody in the comments says every Sunday except for when it's not. Man, you nailed it. That's dead dead on the way that it is. Uh, I appreciate everybody that that's joining in for the show today. Um, I don't always get a chance to engage everybody in the chat more more so just kind of talking to the person. It's more like the, the Joe Rogan style podcast live stream. So not your, your typical live stream. So if you guys are throwing up super chats, I want you to know, I really truly appreciate it. It means a lot to me and it's what helps keep the channel go. I don't put ads in the middle of my videos because A, they're annoying, B, they're annoying. And C, I'd rather like just have you guys support me and, and the channel any way that you can. So if it's uh, you hit the thumbs up button, if it's you throw a super chat out here and there, or if you could possibly go by Patreon and, and check that out, there's uh, extra coupons that I have there for some of the vendors that I've worked with we will throw out some discounts. So I put those up there as well as early release on the POV stuff, which hasn't been a lot lately, but now I'm finally getting over my, my, uh, my, my problem that I was having with editing, which was I was doing it too much, so I, I needed to take a little break. But now I'm I'm gonna come back with more more of a regular schedule on that. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but it will be more than it was. So <laughs> to keep things light and easy, like like the uh, the subscriber made it earlier. So nonetheless, today's show, I have a, a guest named Ryan Leach. Some of you guys may have heard of him, some of you may not, but I guarantee you by the end of the show, you'll, you'll have a good idea who he is. So Ryan, I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself and we'll get started from there.
1: Cool, thanks Robert. Yeah, glad to be on after uh, quite a long time of back and forth, we finally got a date. So I'm stoked to be here chatting.
0: Yeah, I think the first time we started talking was like, Shit, it's been over a year because I think I met you at Sedona. I was with Norco, and uh, you were there as well, right?
1: Yeah, right, exactly.
0: Do you ride for them, or were you just so hanging? You're like friends with them, or twenty
1: three years, one of the longest. Uh, I think there's maybe one or two other riders that have been sponsored as long as I have by one company their entire career. So,
0: yeah, I think Hans Hans No Ray Way. I had him on the show. He he's been with was it GT right? GT. Yeah. Yeah. GT. And Lanowski was yeah, with Giant uh, I, forever. And, and he, he recently, that, that, that changed, so.
1: Yeah, that changed. Yeah, he was ramping up the years, but he had a few other sponsors before that as well. Schwinn was the big one for him early in his career.
0: So you've been with Norco for how long? 23 years. Holy shit. I didn't even know that they were around that long. I met them oh, through, yeah. um, I think Stickert is the yeah. one that introduced me to them initially. And I had heard of them because they—they were like, and all I knew of them at the time was like they were a Canadian company, mm-hmm. and, and I went to this uh, kind of like a, like one of their their events that they put on for their their bike shop guys, like their dealer dealer event, yeah. And um, I was talking to Mike Ralph, who you, you probably know is oh, yeah. one of, was one of their their guys for Northern California for a long time, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, we've been around for like fifty some years." I was like, "Really? Uh-huh. I, I totally didn't know that." yeah
1: So, i mean they've they, they've they been pushing in the u.s market over the last 10 years pretty strong and that's why a lot of um mountain bikers didn't know as much about norco previously so
0: are you uh are you canadian or yeah canadian bc so where where so you're from bc yeah grew up close to vancouver so basically, you were born with a bicycle attached to you. <laughs> yeah, pretty
1: much. I mean, 23 years with Norco is a long time. I started before that as well. So, I mean, I was in the early, early days of mountain biking, really. I mean, it was like a pretty small, pretty small sport comparatively to what it is now when I was getting into it. You know, what were you about? Was that? Oh, God. Like, uh, I guess
0: um, 30 years ago or something. So early 90s. Yeah. Yeah. That's right yeah. about whenever I first started riding mountain bikes and it was definitely, um, I, I, I think in my channel intro video, I said it was road bikes with like knobby tires, basically. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first bike that I bought was, I mean, even the top of the line, the bi- first bike that I bought was a giant. Um, first, like legit, like not uh, from the, the Montgomery Wards or whatever, at the you know, like, was a giant and the top of the line giant at that time was fully rigid. Everything was fully rigid,
1: mm-hmm. like really?
0: bio paste chain rings oh, and yeah. like what they called oversized tubing, which is like,
1: I remember having a rock. I remember getting into like riding over logs and I had a triple chain ring on the front with, with a rock guard as well on the outside.
0: Like, yeah, I had this thing on my bike that was like it, it it was something similar that they had in BMX at the time. It was like a, a plastic piece that mounted onto the bottom of the bottom bracket. And then, so you would hit, like you just kind of do a wheelie into a log and then that plastic piece, you would just kind of throw your weight forward and it would slide until it grabbed that back tire yeah, and it'd keep you from uh, from from rushing, wrecking up your your chain rings. But I remember like when rock ring came out, that was like a big deal. It was like, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, boy. Like sort of way. <laughs> so, so how did you get started in the mountain biking?
1: Uh, well, just, uh, cross country racing was kind of the first sort of passion of mine as a, as, you know, 12, 13, 13, 14 years old racing cross country downhill. And that's when I, you know, quickly kind of trials riding caught my eye, um, around that time. And, you know, that's, uh, it quickly changed from focused on cross country to, Practicing trials and then trials quickly took over for me and pretty much that's all I ever
0: did. Um, so, so for people that that don't know who you are, like kind of your mm. your career has been a trials rider or just a professional mountain biker in general. What, how how would you sum up what you've been doing for the last thirty years?
1: Uh, yeah, so I I became well-known in the local Vancouver scene for trials riding and a local group invited me to join a, a trials demo team called Team Orb from Hornby Island and uh, did shows with a group of other guys. Um, Norco caught our eye and we became the Norco factory trials team and I was uh, quickly becoming the star of that team and uh, caught notice of uh, a few of the filmmakers you know, of course the young mountain bike scene blew up from films that were coming out of bc so um radical films um, christian begin and bjorn enga who made that series crank one two three four five six seven eight um they invited me to to go down to peru to film a segment for crank three and uh and so i i did that and that was one of my first big films um, to get me into sort of the mainstream mountain bike world. It was, you know, trials riding in a movie that was otherwise about shredding mountain bikes over gnarly terrain. Right. Trials riding, um, kind of, uh, got me into that film, my kind of unique style of kind of pushing the limits. And, um, from that point on, um, yeah, I was basically traveling the world doing trial shows, um, you know, traveling for, you know, 250, 300 days a year, performing, um, doing stunt shows, entertaining people, whether it's a mountain bike event or something totally different, like a business meeting or, um, you know, a festival. Um, I was I was busy or crashed ice, Red Bull crashed
0: ice, you know. So, so how, how did how did you get into trials? Cause you didn't mention that you started on BMX, right? So was that not a thing that you did when you were younger? Or? No,
1: no, straight into mountain biking. I grew up next to a forest and started riding my bike in the forest, just splashing through puddles. Cause it was fun. And uh, right. and then I was at a store and picked up uh, a magazine there. I was like, holy, you know, this is, this is an actual sport. Like I, I thought, you know, I thought I was just riding my bike in the forest. I thought I was like the first one doing it, but right, you <laughs> know, I was like, shit, yeah, other people do this. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I studied that magazine, this mountain biking magazine, front to back, like, you know, 20 times. I was hooked.
0: When I first started, it was, I grew up in Pennsylvania. So, um, it have you been to Pennsylvania? I would imagine probably. I have, yeah. You know, pretty green state, you know, and gets a lot of rain and stuff like that. And, uh, you know there was always like little dirt trails that got you from like this part of town to that part of town or whatever as a kid like we would be riding our bmx and that's kind of like what we did after school or whatever we would go like ride around town from like one jump spot or one place where we knew there was this you know you could jump over this alleyway and you ride over there and it's kind of like you know the little dirt stuff you didn't really think of it as actually like something that was a sport so to speak it was just kind of like a way to get from point a to point b mm-hmm. and somewhere along the line i my my mom started dating this guy like that was into mountain biking and all of a sudden i was like this you know 14 year old kid riding with a bunch of like 35 year old dudes and
1: uh-huh. it was
0: kind of like what you said it was like oh wow here's something that like for me it was something that i was good at you know instead of like all the traditional sports guys at school that were like playing football or basketball or baseball or whatever. It was like, I was just good at riding bikes. You know, I wasn't necessarily like a prodigy or anything, but I think that's what really kind of drew me into it and being in the nature and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the great thing about mountain biking and the places it can take us are incredible. Just in a day, just, you know, just a regular ride, you get deeper into the forest or wilderness than um, you ever could just hiking.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah. Just, last year I went to um, to Hawaii for one of my buddy's uh, uh, weddings and he's a mountain biker as well. And we went out and and we rode, you know, this trail that's like there in Maui. And and it's just so funny when you get out there because it's like all these other people that are there, like all they saw was, you know, mm-hmm. 100 yards of beach in front of their hotel room yeah. the whole time that we were there. And it was like here we we're out there just like beautiful forest and like the way that the trees grew and the roots through the trail. And just, it was like, man, this is so amazing to be part of and it wouldn't have been something that would have been part of if I wasn't into this sport, you know? And I think that that's something that's really, to me, that's, that's really valuable about like mountain biking is that you, you have to get outside of like the norm to do it, you know? Yeah. Right. For sure yeah yeah it is it's uh and it's a
1: community too i mean it's 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 a growing sport It's a big sport but still it's it's not so big that you can't just immediately connect with you know the bunch of riders that are in the parking lot at the trailhead you know before a ride it's just like wow you know these are and it's just i don't know the sport seems to draw and or in a way create Create really interesting people, you know, because you know they're people like you said that they can get out of their comfort zone. You know, they're not afraid of putting in the effort to to climb a mountain and you know use up a bunch of energy to get to a really cool spot. There, you know, they're they're risking um, their well being yeah, yeah. sport um You know, they're pushing those limits. You know, they're exploring their edges and. Uh, and uh, you know, meeting a lot of really interesting people, having a lot of conversations, um, traveling to really cool places to do the sport—it um, seems to seems to be that you know, there's just a lot of really cool people out
0: there. Yeah, now. I know. Definitely, I've made a lot of friends in, in the community over time, and you know, especially obviously since starting the channel, just holy crap, I've met so many people. I've been so blessed to be able to to, to ride with all these different people, some of them, you know, pro level guys like you, or some of them just regular dudes like me, you know, and just, it, it's been, uh it, it's been really cool. And I mean, I, I had that opportunity in a much smaller circle before I started the channel, but man, it, it's definitely one of the things that the channel has done for me is actually like, made me take that effort when I go somewhere else to go ride, you know, and maybe before it wouldn't have been something that i that would came to mind first you know like mm-hmm. now it's like oh i'm going on a business trip to houston what's there to ride you know what i mean it's like before yeah. it like oh i'm going there for work i'm going to go do my shit come back home and then then ride you know what yeah. i mean
1: yeah totally it's actually interesting like yeah it, it's it's weird in in a way that was kind of kind of like me even though my career was um, mountain biking i traveled all over the world and i was doing trial shows and trial shows aren't in the really cool mountain biking spots they're in a convention center or in a parking lot at a bike shop or you know somewhere just uh, at a stadium whatever it is and i traveled to so many cool places but never got to go mountain biking in these places it's only in the last like you know, probably six, seven years where I've started to do way more mountain biking rather than trials riding that, uh, I've discovered that, man, it's a really great time to be a mountain biker.
0: You know, know, when those, those moments like that happen, it's always like, you kind of want to kick yourself in the ass a little bit. You're like, man, what all these places that I could have ridden or that I probably won't have the opportunity to go back to. And it's like, yeah,
1: I never, I mean, I didn't, Honestly, I didn't have at the end of like trial shows were just so tiring. Um, yeah. And they're so social too. You're at an event, you're with people all day long and you're performing. And generally, there wasn't as much energy, wasn't energy left to go. Yeah, yeah, walk. yeah. But um, boy, some of the places I've been, I want to go back to for the mountain biking. So,
0: right, right. So, you said whenever you went and did that first video, you said it was crank three, is what you said?
1: Crank three was, I, I had a, a cameo, a couple little cameo shots in Cranked One.
0: Yeah, so when when you went to go, you said you went down to South America for that, you said? Uh-huh, yeah. How, how old were you at that point? Oh
1: gosh, um, I was maybe, um, I was still a teenager
0: for sure. So were you out of high school yet or? Uh, it was been like a, something you did over your summer break? I might have
1: been 18 or something, maybe just out of high school.
0: Something like that. What was it like being an 18 year old kid getting flown to a different country to ride bikes?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it was pretty wild. It was such an adventure. I was so dedicated. I was like, the only thing in my life was trials riding, um, mm-hmm. doing shows and, you know, working on my sponsorship deals and traveling around and just pra- practicing, 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 like training and practicing. Just, so much i was like i was so focused um and uh and so i didn't really get a chance to think third person perspective about like the fact that there's this is a really cool situation for like,
0: yeah right
1: old 17 year old 18 year old to be in
0: <laughs> yeah
1: oh so i look back and think holy shit that was amazing what a wild different unique way to sort of grow out of high school and into a career you know yeah unusual you know
0: so. I mean at that point were you thinking like it was going to be a career or did you think like oh no. I'm just I'm going to be able to do this for a few years and I'll be that
1: honestly I thought it was yeah maybe a, a couple years I thought you know I was already making money in high school and I thought well I might as well give it my all like now that I'm out of high school I've got all the time in the world I'm just going to try right. keep going with this see where it goes and um you know, here I am 23 years later or whatever it is when I got on with Norco, still still in the industry. I mean, it's, a, it's a, a new capacity in which I'm in the industry. I'm really stoked to be able to translate my pro career into what I'm doing now, the online coaching, skills coaching business. You know, it's not always easy for pros to translate um, back into or stay in the industry.
0: Um, and I feel really great for me I I actually I didn't know that like what your pro career was when I had first heard of you was basically from your 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 online skills that you're doing like right. I was hearing like the your name being buzzed around like that like oh you gotta check this guy's stuff out so what is it that you're doing over there
1: um well yeah it was four years ago I launched uh, an online course called the 30 day wheelie challenge and it was an idea that came to me while I was on summer holiday lying on the beach. I was like, shit, you know, I've been trying to teach people how to wheelie in clinics for my whole career. And, you know, I always spew everything I know about wheelie to them in the course of, you know, a couple hour skills clinic. And uh, and it's like, you know, fire hose of information to these people. They try it a few times and then they go home and probably forget about it. They don't have the dedication to continue through. So this course allowed me to teach a unique um, drill each day for 30 days with 30 lessons. um, Someone can work through a bunch of progressions and have conversations with me or the other coaches on my team and work through uh, a skill like the wheelie. exploded it was super popular people loved it people were learning how to wheelie and uh, it's like wow cool you know i'm super stoked on this you know i've got so much to teach i've been a teacher my whole pro career as well that was one of the first jobs i had was uh as a 16 year old teaching mountain bike skills and uh and so having this online platform Um, was perfect for me to translate everything I've learned through um, my pro career and through, you know, in-person clinics and reach a broader network of riders. And also it transformed how I coach and teach as well, which is, um, which is really, was really inspiring for me. So
0: that's interesting. I mean, there's a couple of questions I want to have out of that. So first of all, so 30 lessons, how long is a lesson to talk about for instance, that wheelie. I I would imagine you have a bunch of other stuff on the site. Yes.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. There's there's
0: tons of, there's, there's ton, tons of stuff. It's right. It's, it's so, a, little, a little crazy how much it's grown over these past four years. But so so you break to start out. You break out having a, doing a wheelie in, in thirty lessons. I don't even know how that's possible. Like, can you walk me kind of through like the the stuff yeah. that that you teach people or how you go about that?
1: Yeah. Totally. Like. Um, So, you know, obviously it's all about practice. You know, gotta log the hours. You you gotta spend time on the bike, practicing the wheelie consistently for 30 days is the minimum 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 and you know i call it a 30-day wheelie challenge but it's actually the 30 lesson wheelie challenge because each lesson may take a number of days before you get to the point where you can move on to the next lesson or you might need a few rest days because practicing can be tiring but for instance like the first day the f- day one you're not even you're not even on your bike it's all about preparation you're actually writing some goals like i've got a bunch of questions about the previous wheelie experience you've had, where it's led you, where the frustrations are, what your goals are, where you envision yourself um, through the process. And uh, you're invited to share some of those things um, on that lesson with the coach team and make some declarations. It's called your your wheelie words. Um, So uh, get them to add some, you know, isolate just a few words that they can carry with them um, on this uh, learning journey. So there's a lot of mental aspects um, linked in throughout the process because wheelies are also really dangerous and scary to learn. Like a lot of people are uh, they get to the point where it's like you know, they, they flipped over on their ass and smoked their tailbone or, you know, they're just too scared to pop up into that float zone. So a lot of the first part of the course is, is helping them develop trust um, and safety. Safety is key. So there's a ton of rear braking drills, getting them comfortable using their rear brake to prevent them from falling over backwards. So, um, there's a bunch of creative drills that I've got for that. But even before that, like just even learning how to get the front wheel up in a nice, controlled, crisp way, um, you know, we get them used to doing that um, section on side balance, you know, um, a bunch of a few lessons on side balance because um, most people will pop up and then they'll fold to one side and they'll fold the other side and never be able to carry the wheelie forward
0: and keep it going. So, you know, there's a lot um, of focus there. Um, It's really interesting to me because I've never been a person to do a wheelie and it was not that, like I can ride some gnarly trails, but like I remember, I I think it even comes back to like high school when I was riding like BMX and there was like this one dude that I knew. That guy Mm -hmm. could ride a wheelie for like a mile. I swear to God, like this dude, like I remember like, I mean, in our group of friends, he was like amazing to us. Like, like he could like ride up the, the railing on the bridge that went over the, the river or whatever, and like do a wheelie across the railing and then come down. Like he was, you know, essentially a trials rider, right? You know, mm, yeah. and, and it was just like, you know, but to us, it was just, he was the guy that did the really good wheelies. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah. You know, there was the other guy that could, you know, hit the biggest jumps and there was, you know what I mean? It's like like, yeah. yeah. but, uh I I just like, every time I ever tried, it was like, yeah, it didn't work. So fuck it, that's just not my thing, you know? But now Uh it's like listening to you talk about the the way to go through it, it's like, man, you know, that'd be fun, something fun to just try, like.
1: Mm -hmm, Totally,
0: yeah. Well,
1: I got you set up with that promo. Yeah. 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 Maybe
0: I'll have to do a video about me trying the first 30 days. Yeah. Like day one, get drunk and think about it. Day two, <laughs> be hung over and still think about it. <laughs> I can see where this video is going. No, but that'd be really cool. Like, cause I honestly like, but do you feel like, like learning how to wheelie equates to something that you can do while you're actually like riding or is it, just something to do for fun
1: um well it's both It's definitely more on the fun side but but you'd be surprised at how grateful a lot of the people who go through the course are just in um how they found it complemented the rest of their their mountain biking um you know it, you are spending time you're logging time on the bike in the saddle. you're getting intimate with your bike you're you're developing your balance you're developing you know this sensitivity to how the bike reacts when you're on your rear wheel and how how the front wheel you know turning that while you're cruising along affects your balance you're developing all sorts of different muscles on your yeah on your body that are utilized in technical riding situations out on the trail um you know it, it is it is Pretty neat how um, how just practicing the wheelie um, does complement indirectly to um, you know uh, better
0: poise on the bike when you're out riding. There's cars. like learning that there's like quick twitch muscles that are bike control and braking and and stuff like that. I can see how that yeah goes, exactly cause, yeah exactly
1: because in my mind
0: like it, it's easy for me to say like. If I want to learn how to manual, like, which I can't do either mm-hmm. weird. And, uh, like to me, like I could see like where that plays in riding, like more,
1: much more direct. Yeah. Manual or right. more of a direct link to riding situations for sure. And there's the course on that called the manual masterclass. So that's another one to check out.
0: How, how many, how many classes is in that? Uh, that one, the manual it's, uh, I think that's about 28 lessons. Wow yeah man you're gonna eat up all my free time i'm not gonna be able to do my channel anymore (laughs) (laughs) be like what happened to the biker well he did that that interview with ryan leach and he has been gone ever since then
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no practice man i mean that's really that's the big thing is um yeah these lessons definitely help expedite and speed up the learning process Help people prevent making this making mistakes that they don't need to and um but It's also about getting them out on the bikes, doing drills and practicing, you know, logging time on the driveway at home or at the local park um, or before when you're waiting for your buddies at the trailhead, you know, just something to play with and work on and practice. You know, that's, uh, you you know, you go mountain biking, you're going to learn naturally, but it's those that put in that extra time to practice outside of the actual being out out on the actual trail that start to really, um, be the ones who are cleaning those tech sections or, you know, they're, you know, hitting, hitting jumps a little, little more confidently or railing corners, just a little more elegantly. Cause they've explored, you know, they've done that intentional practice, you know, they're not just out riding. So,
0: you know, I think there, there's a few different things that I could say about that. You know, like there's been a few things in my life where I really spent a lot of time with to learn and, you know, that dedication does definitely, you know, work out to be something, you know, like Mm -hmm. I played guitar when I was younger, there was hours and hours and hours and hours that I spent doing that, you know, and some of them like, it's funny when I think about it in this manner, it would be like, if I was trying to learn how to do a wheelie, it'd be like, all I did was lift my front wheel off the ground for a second for, you know, months like in equating to a guitar would be like playing this one riff over and over and over again until like my neighbors and my family was like if i have to hear smoke on the water one more fucking time you know like yeah i know but another thing too was like i remember teaching myself how to hacky sack when i was younger that was like a big thing in the late 80s early 90s and i remember just i would come home from school and i would just like I would do this little contest to like see how many like continuous hits I could get in a row, and it would just be totally. like, I do that from the time I got off of school until like the sun went down. Sometimes, <laughs> and it's just like, yep. pick it up, kick it twice, pick it up, kick it twice, pick it up, kick it ten times. Oh my god, I got ten times! You know what yeah. I mean? It would just be That's like the addicting part right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. Yeah. So, I, but you know, it's funny with biking, like. You know, I, I guess, you know, in the BMX world, kind of like how I grew up more, more like street BMX, it would be like, OK, let's try to ride down, jump off these stairs or let's try to hit this jump and be able to land that far out. And it'd be like, OK, we put a rock where whoever landed the furthest, and just keep mm-hmm. going and going and going. Yeah. And, and, and with mountain biking, you know, I don't I don't necessarily spend a lot of time, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, because I'm talking to you, like really trying to like, Hone on some of those skills. I'd say the only times that I do is every once in a while. Like me and my buddies will will do a ride where it's like we don't give a shit about the miles, and it's just yeah. like let's go session this one section. Yeah, and we'll like hit it like twenty five fucking times and be like, okay, let's go session this <laughs> cool. other section. You know, yeah. and just like those. But those days, man. Whenever you come back to that place and you're railing, it's like, dude, I have this line like dialed now. Yeah, you know, yeah. and
1: yeah
0: you like trust your your bike or i know like the first time i i was up in um trucky and, and i did this like huge rock roll it was like when i first came up to this and my friends did it i was like you guys are there's no way i'm doing that it's like the rocks like six feet tall and it's like looks like a wall that they're running into and then going down the other side and i was like yeah whatever you guys are cool sweet can we go and then I watched them do it like a few times and I was like, okay, well, I guess I gotta try. And then, then once I did it, it really changed my riding like completely everywhere else because it would be things that maybe I would have came up to and got scared of because it was steep like that, that now mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I rolled down that rock. Like, it's just like that. Like, mm-hmm. and even to this day, like I rode a, a trail in, in Truckee, oddly enough, just the, like two weeks ago and it had a big rock roll in it. And I remember like sizing that rock up in terms of like one of those first rock rolls that I did. And it was like, it's a little bit steeper, but I think I could do this.
1: Mm, yeah, cool. That experience pays off. And yeah, just being in that situation with friends where you where you test something out, you scope it and you watch them do it. And- You know maybe get a tip or two and decide to give it a try and you conquer a few fears and you get that experience and you know you're you're set from that point on in that kind of situation that kind of similar kind of uh, riding situation and you know it's interesting you know that that is the thing about mountain biking is that you're gonna like you go mountain biking you're gonna learn and a lot of people are content with just that they go mountain bike and they ride with their friends and they gradually learn and you know they are are happy with that um although some people they're not quite they're you know they're not quite content i mean you had some bmx you had you had a little bit of a background of um being on your bike and playing with some things and bunny hops maybe that kind of thing yeah but other people other people just kind of have that urge that you know they see a they see a certain kind of um, move going over a log or upper ledge or around a corner and like I want to learn I want to I want to dig into this a little bit more I want you know I do I, I'm impatient I, I want that now and sort of have that drive to improve that's kind of more important to them um, than than others who may be content just getting out and um, to ride with friends and not really push, push the limit. So I
0: think, I think for me, for whatever reason, I'm, I'm at that spot where I want to have that drive in my life now. And I think in the past mm. it was like riding bikes was like a therapy thing to just go out and like get away from everything and, and yeah. kind of like ADD, I'm an ADD type person. So it was like mm-hmm. really nice to have something where you're just focused on that one thing and there's nothing else going through your mind,
1: Totally, yeah. you, you
0: know? And, uh, um, but now it's like I like recently I bought a hardtail and it's like people were like, oh, Why'd right. you buy why'd you buy this hardtail? And I'm like, well, because it made all these trails harder and it made me <laughs> like it, it's like you know, I, I've ridden all this stuff on on a bike that's very capable of it. Now I want to ride it on something that's just as capable but makes me look at it in a different manner. And oh, yeah, part of buying that bike was like I wanted to get back to like there's tricks that I used to do BMX-wise that I haven't done in in 20 years you know it's like okay well i know i can do those so i need to i need to work on that again though, yeah. you know just like yeah. little stuff you know totally
1: oh cool that's cool you're kind of feeling that that
0: yeah yeah so like i'm definitely like honestly when i started this conversation with you i definitely did not think that i was going to come out of this wanting to learn how to wheelie and and really <laughs> you, you you the way that you were talking about your training lesson like it really kind of kind of Grab my attention. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see see what your lessons are like. That that'll be fun to get, take a look at. So somebody asked me um, if on the chat here if you were in a spaceship so <laughs> and, and at first i was like what the hell are they talking about and then i thought about it's like yeah it does kind of look like challenger in the background there so you're inside of your 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 truck Do you want to go give me yeah. a little little rundown well, on that
1: It's like the door kind of opens a little bit like a spaceship i'm in my camera <laughs> if you watch this door see if i can get to the handle here listen listen to the sound and Shh. <laughs> so uh
0: yeah. we just need some dry ice to like billow out and then you know. <laughs> um
1: yeah this is the um it's like an overland camper an expedition camper on the back of um my pickup so it's uh i don't know for those who are yeah it's hard to hard to see it's got kind of the, the kitchen there and this yeah it's a cool it's a it's called an earth cruiser this this particular um uh truck camper
0: um so so for people that are listening it's basically something that kind of bolts into the the bed of your truck or do they remove the bed or yeah no it's uh
1: bolts it bolts down to the truck bed so this is the uh it's an earth cruiser gzl um super lightweight super functional um i've got it mounted on my uh i've got a ram power wagon built for off-road um and the camper's built for off-road. Got um, sort of a, a setup here where I can be out in some pretty cool camp spots for for days off-grid. Solar on the roof um, can work on my computer, work on projects. Got tons of you know, twenty-gallon water tank, five gallon or eight gallons of hot water.
0: Um, heater, fridge, two-burner stove, shower. Um, so, and yeah. then like, so people can, can visualize it that are listening to, so the, the roof kind of opens like an accordion yeah. and, and opens up then. And uh, so you have like, basically like kind of like a one, one single bed in there and then your kitchen, is there a bathroom in there too or?
1: No, basically cause I'm always in the bush. So bathroom, I'm I'm good for digging a
0: you, hole. Use the La tree.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um but the bed folds down and it's a queen queen bed actually so super oh, cool
0: super comfy um and yeah What made you what made you decide to to do that to your truck instead of like going the sprinter route like much uh,
1: I looked at yeah definitely I researched it pretty heavily definitely looked at the sprinter route, but I wanted something a little more capable off-road to get to some pretty cool camp spots. Like sprinters are pretty, even the four by four sprinters are pretty limited in their off-road. Yeah, they don't
0: have a whole lot of like clearance. I doubt
1: there's a lift kit for them either. (laughs) There are, you can get them lifted a little bit, um, but still it's a lot lot still um, that they can't do compared to a setup like this.
0: Yeah, I know when I saw the truck, like it reminded me for those of you guys that, that can't see it from the outside, like it, it looked like reminded me of something I saw in like Jurassic Park or something. It was like, <laughs> this thing is like ready to just go out there and like bounce around like the, the outback in Australia or something and, like that. Oh, it, like, that's
1: where this, um this particular camper was designed. The company Earth Cruisers actually f- was uh, formed in Australia. So they've got that sort
0: of... Uh, Right. And sort of, yeah. So everything kind of locks down really well into place and stuff like that. So whenever you're mm-hmm. off-roading, you don't have to worry about anything like coming loose or anything like absolutely.
1: that. Oh, absolutely. And everything's all Marine grade and you know, it's all stainless you won't find any bolt that's not stainless steel in
0: here. So yeah, really well built and put together. So pretty stoked so on What made you decide that you wanted to get, get that, you know, was um, well, yeah,
1: I mean, I just, I like, I like traveling, I like camping and I don't like going to hotels and, um, and so I figured, well, yeah, just get something that's set up that I can be off grid with. I don't want to go plug in at some campground. I want to get out into the mountains, into these beautiful spots that no one else can get to. And, um, and I want, yeah, and, and having a, having a pickup truck, it, you know, it's lightweight. It, you know, I can still fly down the highway, no problems.
0: And, um, yeah. So, so I do you, um, <laughs> do you do a lot? I don't know. What's the, like, you're, you're Canadian. Oh. I can't remember if we talked about that on the wap well, beforehand or, or, yeah. or afterwards. So is there, I don't know what the laws are like there, like as far as like going out into the woods, is there like, oh
1: yeah like
0: what yeah. we have here in the States, like BLM area where you can kind of camp anywhere or is it like, yeah everywhere or like what, what's it like up there it's pretty awesome in the in the states like the blm land is um
1: it's easier to free camp out in the wilderness in in the states i
0: find than it is in canada that's really shocking to me i would have expected since you, I, I in my head it's like seems like there's probably a lot more uninhabited land in canada there, than it well, is in the u.s yeah, i
1: guess i mean that that is true i mean it's not it's not like I wouldn't say it's it's hard. It's just um, I really like the the places I can get to in the U.S. I mean, there's partly it's just like in the Moab areas in Arizona, which is where I'm usually going down there in the winter. Um, but in the summer here, like um, we've got a shit ton of logging roads, forestry roads in BC. They're everywhere, and so that's that's a prime area to find some some nice camp spots, a lot of lakes, a lot of beautiful lakes. So, um, you know, there's definitely camping by the lakes. There's a lot of forestry campgrounds that are free, like um, the, um, the, the provincial government gets the, um, some of these um, forestry road areas that are, you know, um, you know, why, why not when there's a forestry road that's close to a beautiful lake, why not put in access to camp by that lake for um, people who want to get out and camp, and so they've done that in, in a lot of really beautiful,
0: remote places um, throughout the province. So then, do they have like like restrooms there, or it's like like nothing? some of them do? Yeah, a lot of the a
1: lot of them have outhouses, but that'd be the only facility, and they'd be free. A lot of them, some some of them, you have to pay. Yeah, but, but yeah, I don't know. Other other than that, I mean, yeah, it's just um, we've got a lot of trees here so it's a lot harder to put a road in compared to somewhere like uh arizona
0: right right but then i guess the logging industry up there is probably cutting in a lot of stuff and whatnot kind of like the pnw is here in the states
1: yeah Yeah. so
0: where um so you drive that truck all over the place you you pretty much just go down between bc and arizona like you were just talking about like i went down to Southern
1: part of Baja, California this winter and why well, actually in November I committed to going fully nomadic So that's this this camper was my only home um, as of November last year, but um, I Wanted a little more of a home base for the summer So I landed in Squamish living in Squamish BC here for a couple months during the summer and I um, And then probably i'm gonna travel around in september october a bit in bc while the weather's good and then um head down south again um for the winter i mean and that's the cool thing is like running um my coaching website i can i can run it from anywhere it's Uh so um i can do like you know and it's best then I'm at really cool mountain biking places because I'm always filming and collecting content and footage um, for new courses. So, um, so
0: basically, whenever you're traveling around, you're you're creating con- new content, but yeah. not for like YouTube, like me, but more okay. for your for your channel. Then exactly, yeah. So you're kind of going through the same kind of like daily grind of like, okay, well, what am I going to come up with next?
1: Pretty much,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so I mean, like. To me, like I, I I don't even know like where all like you would go. Like what are some of the things? So obviously like a wheelie and a manual, like what are some of the other things that you go over on your site?
1: Yeah. So I mean, I mean, so there's like, so I've got um, you know, manual masterclass, bunny hop masterclass, um, the wheelie challenge. Um, I've got um the cornering continuum, which is a massive course which is like cornering is one of these topics that you'll never, you'll always be working on your cornering. It's like the, I don't know, it's and, uh,
0: just it's, such a amazing and mysterious. It's outlet. definitely something that I, I've, like I said, like recently, just kind of like come into like really trying to pay attention to those things. I think, I, you know what I think it is? I think it's like, I finally got to a point where it wasn't like I really needed to get better to ride anything else. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like I could ride everything, but it was like, okay, well, can I ride it faster or can I ride it more fun or can I ride it and not miss that? Like that one line that I could have took and that I took the easier one It's like, and I think that's uh-huh. pop probably would has like, got me now to a point where it's like, okay, well no, I want to spend some time on that. I remember like, doing a trail in santa cruz and just thinking like okay like i watched some guy's video and he was talking about you know how to corner and i remember like going through like the flow trail and being like really like instead of like taking the trail and being excited about what i was riding like looking at it as this is an awesome opportunity to really work on my corner oh totally, you know what i mean yeah totally because it's like such a long like continuous like Corner, corner, huh. burn, 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 burn. You know, like how can you not work on it? You know.
1: Yeah. So having some ideas of things to explore and be curious about when you're hitting a trail like that is the basis of the cornering continuum course that I created. It's um, it's an exploratory course because every corner is different. You can't you can't teach someone how to corner um, with one set of instructions right that's the tricky thing and that's why i created a course a free course called trailhead tip traps um that i launched as a christmas gift last fall um and it goes into some of these bits of advice that people give you know friends at the top of the trail such as oh yeah make you know make sure you drop your outside foot when you're cornering which is um, yes, that's useful for some corners, but definitely not all corners. So um, filling in some of the extra bits of information. So there's there's always, you know, projects like that, that I'm doing. Um,
0: that was one of the things that I had like seen on that video and that I was thinking about that first time I went down flow. Uh-huh. But I've definitely like what you just said, I've definitely noticed in on my own accord, like, yeah, that doesn't always work the greatest. No. So like, sometimes <laughs> I need to have my feet level because oh, of this yeah. type of terrain. Yeah. And, and and it doesn't make sense to out drop that foot because you're gonna like clink know. it on some rock or something like that, you know, and next yeah. thing you know, you're gonna be Superman, you know. So totally. it, it, it's funny that like when when you hear somebody, at least for me, when you hear somebody that like like you that, that is good at articulating on how to teach things, it, it makes me realize how much I know that I don't really think about, you um, know. Yeah. And and I would imagine like teaching somebody like when I was trying to like helping. Teach my son to ride mountain bikes. It's like really made me step back and think about, oh, wow, like I actually am a lot better than, like, there's so many things that I take for granted. I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is how you roll over this.
1: Like, mm-hmm. just kind
0: of throw your weight over this way and you'll be good. You know yeah. what I mean? And then they're like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, no, it's, it's a, there's certainly a, an art to it, man. Each, it, it's, you got to be so precise in your words. When you're coaching and you're teaching um and it's been a beautiful process for for myself as well to to and really enjoyable to just find the right words to use when trying to convey a drill or some some theory or physics behind
0: a certain technique um well it has has to be even harder like because you're not one-on-one with these people like they're watching a video of you Mm-hmm. So you don't get to read that like body language of are they getting it or am I over explaining this or right. how do you deal with that?
1: Well, it's interactive. It's a community. So, um, so one one is I'm aware of that, which is really important. I'm aware. And second is that um, the members of my website can ask questions. So they can be real specific and, and get feedback from me or some of my other coaches. Um, and they can also upload videos of their practice sessions. And, oh, neat. And so when when they submit those videos, then then they get that that more specific critique. It's um,
0: So I go out, I'm trying to do a fucking wheelie. And I'm like, dude, I can't fucking do it. And I yeah. take a video of it, I upload it and you, are, you have other people like, or how, how many other people are, are helping coach with you?
1: Um, I've got a team of 20 ambassadors and coaches.
0: Oh, wow. So there's a boatload of people working on this project.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great, great team. Some are volunteer, some are paid.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. So then at that point you just critique the video and be like, no, your video skills suck. I can't tell what you're doing. <laughs> <Or> <laughs> yeah, like, it's sometimes. Or- Or, Or you can actually be like, Oh, looks like you're like really leaning left or like Mm -hmm. wired.
1: And and also it gives it gives them the opportunity to watch their own video, which is super revealing all in of itself. Um, So they get right of watching themselves and they get the benefit of having um, coach critiques and suggestions for how to uh, proceed.
0: So that's crazy. Yeah. So I definitely know what you mean about watching yourself because I'm obviously spending the last two years of my life editing myself, right? Like, you get to learn. You get to learn a lot about yourself and how you handle things and yeah. what words you say over and over again.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah, absolutely. I know for me, um, filming intros, for instance, I, I'm real. I'm a big hand talker, so like when I'm uh, when I'm when I'm editing, I'm like, oh gosh, like just put your hands down for a second, like (laughs) flying all over the place, (laughs) trying to convey convey a point or something, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So (laughs) are you doing editing or, I mean, do you have people that's editing for you or how's that work?
1: I'm doing the editing,
0: yeah. Was Um, that something that you just had a passion for or you just kind of learned on the fly?
1: I've I've kind of done it a little bit through my whole career. I actually produced three films early earlier on in my career. I, um, one called Manifesto. For if there's any um, mountain bikers that have been in the scene for a long time, they might remember that film. It made waves um, into the certainly in the trials world, but also a bunch of mountain bikers got that film too. Um, and then I made one called Mastering the Art of Trials, and um, and another one. Um, uh, yoga, yoga, um, yoga for mountain bikers. Um, but yeah, so those those were films that I, those were all DVD-based films, like that's how old they were. It's quite a long time ago and so I
0: did how, for that. Um, so you just like went out and bought a camera and decided you were gonna do this or you like got funding and like yeah, what, I what mean, helped you yeah. or how did that go? You no,
1: know, it was self, those were self-produced ones for for those films back then. Um, uh huh. You know, being a pro writer, I was always working with different cinematographers and photographers. And so I I I knew I was picking up on the angles that they would take and, you know, how they shot. So I was learning as a pro. I learned what.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally.
1: So when I got when I produced my own stuff, you know, I've I've got that knowledge. I just have to work out some of the tech details of the camera and microphones and that kind of thing. So I picked up that pretty early on in my career um and then you know starting starting this coaching business um i had basically i had all the ingredients to to get it going i you know i knew how to film i knew how to talk in front of the camera and you know i knew the skills you know i was a coach already and um just put it all together and um and got things going so
0: that's really cool i i I uh, so I mean like what drove you to do that? I mean you were like doing fine in your career. You're just like I want to try well, something different for fun, or
1: well, no, I mean I wasn't doing. I mean I was doing fine in my career, but you know I'd done thousands and thousands of these trial shows, like abused my body i mean i was mm-hmm. working hard traveling and i've been trying to figure out how to get out of relying on doing trial shows to earn a living for a long time and you know i was aware it was taking a toll you know i i became a yoga instructor um and i thought okay yeah i can i you know i can start doing more yoga and mountain biking related events and i did a few mountain bike um mountain biking and yoga retreats um mm-hmm. it was called Ride and Reach with Ryan Leach. I did a bunch of those. <laughs> That's like, and, and, and Whitehorse. Um, I became, um, I got my certification to be a coach, a one-on-one coach, more for personal life coaching um, projects. And so that actually, that program um, helped me get more into the mental aspect of, of myself and and of for sports. That was kind of my focus to see how it related to athletes and pro athletes cuz i was also going through a process of you know through through my career being a pro just dealing with dealing with ego dealing with um reputation dealing with what's next you know dealing dealing with like um just like who i am outside of this um name in the mountain bike industry and if i'm not this Name in the mountain bike industry. Who am I? You know all those kind of big questions. So I got into that for a while, and that was quite a journey. And um, but no way was it able. Was I able to translate it into making an income um, as as much as the trial shows um, provided? Um, and eventually, um, this wheelie challenge idea came to me, and I gave that a go. And so that began the trans transition from relying on trial shows and just sponsorship to um, um, being um, an online skills coach, um, Mm -hmm. still maintaining some sponsors, because there's a ton of value for my sponsors um, through what I do um, online now these days. So I'm reaching such a potent demographic of riders. Yeah, yeah,
0: totally. So. Yeah, Yeah, it's definitely different, you know, I think that, you know, stuff like what you're doing and, you know, YouTubers and, maybe Instagrammers and stuff like that, or like it's definitely making the bike industry kind of look at, you know, where they're spending their marketing money and kind of reevaluating. I think that, mm-hmm. I don't think any one of them is like the only one that should be, but I definitely think that it's, you, you need this like portfolio nowadays. And yeah. some, some companies are a little bit more in tune with that than others, at least that's yeah. what it seems like to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting
1: to observe where, where dollars are spent. And it's it's really cool. I love companies that get creative in their their marketing.
0: Yeah, I was talking to somebody the other day and they were like, it's just kind of crazy that, you know, a bike company might just throw a bike at some 17 year old kid who like podiumed or top 10 in a couple of events and locally they'll give him a bike, you know, and then there's less like, maybe some YouTuber that's got like, 60,000 subscribers and they're like, oh, we'll give you like bro deal pricing. You know, they're like, what the hell? Like these, this person has like, like the bead on like everybody that buys your stuff. Oh, you know, it's, yeah. it's just kind of weird, you know? But, yeah.
1: Sometimes- yeah, it's marketing, man. It's a tricky, I mean, I've spent my whole career trying to, trying to quantify the value I provide for my sponsors through whatever it is i'm doing and it's a it's so tricky because it's it's hard it's hard to translate um you know uh exposure for brand name and and, and creating an experience that uh, relates and links to a brand a pause creating a positive experience that um the brand's associated with um you know how do you measure the translation of sales like sales you know some some companies they they want those kinds of numbers but those numbers are impossible to oh yeah
0: totally i mean you could you could give a coupon i could put a coupon on a video that i do that says here's 50 percent off and let's just say a thousand people buy that thing Uh and maybe only like 250 of them will actually use the coupon right (laughs) even though like that's the whole premise of the video you know what i mean or something like that it's Uh like it's really surprising that one of my friends. Um,
1: well, that's exposure too. presenting that offer is great exposure for that company, even if there's no um, transaction at the time. And, right. it, and then, yeah, it does show when there are, if there are transactions, you know, those those are convergence that the company can measure. And, you know, I do those things on my website as well for the partners I have. And it's pretty cool to see the, the engagement and the sales that do come through.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, no, it is definitely neat, but it's one of those things that, at least I've had this conversation more than once with some different companies that I've talked to and be like, you know, we can put this code up here, but don't take that as that's the only sales that you got out of this. Right. Because, you know, there's there's 10 people that for everyone, you know, where it's like, well, that one guy saw the video and he just told his friend about it and how good the product was and that guy bought it. He didn't use the code, right. you, you know what I mean? Like yeah
1: exactly yeah Yeah. well it's a it's a tricky one but it's um it is it is a pretty cool part of the sport to be involved with you know to to be you know any marketing you know it is it's generally can be in in the mountain bike industry especially it's a fun part of the sport of the business to be involved in because you know marketing efforts generally involve a lot of cool fun interesting things yeah yeah oh
0: it's super cool to be in the space where i'm at too where it's like i don't i don't have an opinion that's being paid for by any means you know what i mean like i can totally like be like no this thing sucks (laughs) Yeah, right yeah that is cool well that's probably also why a lot
1: of your viewers value what you do and your show is that you're not biased yeah yeah you're able to just call shit out the way it is based on experience and you know, you're, you can relate, you, you relate, you're kind of in the similar kind of position that a lot of your, your viewers are in. And I think that's a pretty cool thing. People love Yeah. That.
0: Yeah, I yeah, know. It's definitely fun. So you said earlier you were, you were doing mountain bike yoga. What are some of the things that mountain bikers should be thinking about and ask, like when I, you say yoga, I think about like yeah. stretching and stuff like that. What, yeah. are, what are things that you, you focused on during that?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, it's. I just taught. Have you heard of the BC bike race?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just recently going on, isn't it? Yeah,
1: just just finished actually. Um, yeah. I taught. Uh, well, initially, I um, I brought yoga to that event in twenty thirteen. I raced the event and I taught yoga every day. So racing, racing every day on your bike and then teaching yoga, you know, quickly becomes obvious. Okay, well, what what do these riders need from this yoga session? Um, so, um, a lot of it, you know, for the session I just taught, um, you know, is a lot of, you know, we're, you know, hunched over in this closed position on the bike. So opening up through the front body and getting the shoulders moving, resetting a range of motion, stretching and finding mobility in the wrists, um, moving the back, getting some interesting, um, different twists and whatnot. Um, quads off obviously they get worked a lot of yoga classes miss quads completely it's just hamstring lengthening by default in a lot of yoga poses so we get into the quads a little bit more get into the uh, mid back you know the thoracic spine which is um, a little more kind of a specific um, pose um, that needs to you need to get into to get sort of that part of the back, which often gets kind of tight for a lot of riders. Um, yeah, that's
0: definitely um, a, a, a tight neck, spot
1: for me. The neck, of course. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of movements like that that are really valuable for me. Yoga, um, I've been doing and practicing for uh, 15 years, and that's been a big part of the helping me have longevity in my pro career. Um, you know, having that regular practice and allowing me to tune more into my body. So I actually know when I'm creating, doing damage to it. Um, when I'm out riding, you know, I'm just a little more intimate, a little more, a little more caring for, for my Yeah, body. no, I,
0: I can definitely relate. I mean, I, when I was in my twenties, it was like, you didn't even really care about stretching or anything. It's like, just go do it, man. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Drink a bunch of beer when you're done. And like now I'm, you know, in my forties and it's like, holy shit, like I, if I don't stretch a lot, like I'll notice my range of motion starting to go away. You know, yeah. it's like, oh wow, it's really tough to get my foot up on my knee again. Totally. I need to start working on stretching that because of whatever, maybe injuries or things yeah. that, you know, over time they just kind of build on each other.
1: Yeah, and then the breath practice as well is just huge in yoga. You get it, you know, whenever you're doing a yoga class with an instructor that's good at cueing, Good, deep, full breaths. I mean, that's a, that's you practicing intentional breathing, and that translates massively to mountain biking in such a big way.
0: It's funny how like just somebody telling you to do something obvious is like makes so much so much of an impact sometimes. Like. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you, you talk about like like yoga, you're like, you know, my, my knee-jerk reaction is like that's some fairy shit, man. I don't need to do that. And then <laughs> you know, but then you go do it and you're like sweating fucking bullets and you're oh. like, Oh my god, I can't move this way. Holy shit, like obviously I need to do more of this. Yeah. You know, like
1: it is hard and it can be hard and challenging and this mentally challenging process for sure.
0: And yeah, I mean, I felt the same way. I remember for a long time. Um, somebody was trying to get me to go do a spin class. Oh, and I was like, yeah, are... I was like, go catch a fucking rabbit, dude. I'm riding a bike outside. I'm not going to a room full of a bunch of sweaty fucks, sweating my ass off, <clears> listening <throat> to some bullshit music. I can go out in the woods and like see life and enjoy yeah, it. Like, yeah. why the hell would I go to your dumbass spin class? So then wow. I finally broke down and go to spin class, and it's like something that I learned like immediately was like you know, drop your shoulders, you know? And it was like something that you do when you're riding, you know, where you're like, oh yeah, I do, I am like scrunching up, you know, why am I doing that? It's like, Mm -hmm. I think about that still even like, you know, more so when I'm road riding, obviously, but like even mountain biking sometimes it's like, dude, no, relax, you know, like you have to tell yourself that. And if it wasn't for going to that dumbass class that I didn't want to (laughs) go to, like, (laughs) Huh. Then all of a sudden, I'm a fucking advocate for fucking spin classes now. I'm like, you know, telling people, oh, no, dude, you don't need to get a trainer. Just go do spin classes. They're super fun. <laughs> like, and then they're looking at me doing the same thing. They're like, fuck you, dude. I could go out and ride bikes,
1: man. <laughs> same thing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, yeah, I was. um it was um I was I was a little worried about my reputation when I started to bring preach yoga to mountain
0: bikers. Oh, um, I'm sure, man. Everybody was like, "Oh God!" Yeah, he drank the fucking Kool Aid. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but, but you know, I I knew how beneficial it had been for me,
1: so it was like, how could I not spread the word? You you know, using using the fact that I do I do have a reach. You know, people do pay attention and you know take my advice often. Um, I was like. Why not share the goods? You know, this has been great for me and I hope you can give it a try. And so, yeah, so there's a huge part, yoga is a huge, there's a huge um, section of yoga classes and videos on my coaching website as well, because, you know, I'd see that as part of, um, you know, part of the whole um, healthy mountain biker lifestyle. I've got a a slogan for the site um, Trail Bike Body Mind Flow. And so all those words kind of relate as a whole. And, you know, so yoga, I've got a bunch of different yoga. It's not just me teaching. I've got other instructors and whatnot and some other strength training um, things for the website and mental fitness, you know. So it was
0: like the yoga thing, like people just like push play and then they kind of just play along with it. And yeah, yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. Classes from, you know, 10 minutes to an hour. That's really cool mostly in the shorter sort of twenty minute kind of range because that's generally what's reasonable to do in a in a home. Or a hotel kind of situation. It's a bunch of people I know that travel for work and that are
0: subscribers to my website, and so they'll. I'll have to lock my dog up if I do that, dude. Anytime we sit on the floor, he's like, ah, "I'm oh, gonna go yeah. lick him." <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> my lady was trying to do some some like stretching the other day, and she's like, "For fuck's sakes, can you just take him outside for a little bit?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally down dog down down. right right he's like no no that's this is the game i'm in i'm in <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, we'll see. that's great so um with it, it's interesting to me when i talk to you guys like you or like jeff Winowski or like hans ray that have been Tom in Leonard. the in the industry for so long and um and like even like andrew taylor like also like oh, yeah. your 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 career is not based around maybe you're writing so much anymore like he like andrew first like he does like a bunch of videos and mm-hmm. and I mean, you're familiar oh, with those other guys. the state. <laughs> yeah yeah that was really cool he did what 50 states he did, like wrote through them all and, so so what is like how is what, what's the value that you're talking about that you bring to your your like your your sponsors now
1: Hmm. Like
0: yeah, you're equating what you're doing into like this, still being sponsored by them. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, well, part of it is the experience I do have in the industry for such a long time. It does carry. You know, the people I I do reach who have known about me or know about my career. You know, they do pay attention. Like I was saying before, you know, they will listen to my opinion. It's it's you know, um. And, and so whenever I do, um, so I do, um, free classes on my website. So, um, you know, I've generated, um, through, through the fact that I offer, you know, I did the 12 ride flat pedal challenge, which, um, had, you know, tons of people taking that. And so I've got, um, you know, a mailing list of, you know, kind of 36,000 people. And so, you know, for, dude, there's that many people on your site. For, well, you know, that have taken either a free course or signed up for uh, wow. one of the courses. So, you know, that's a reach. That's an email reach bigger than a lot of, um, you know, bike companies. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I know. Totally. That's amazing, man. That, so uh, what was the, you caught my interest now. I'm like, I told you earlier, ADD, you know, you fucking throw a shiny ball at me, man. <laughs> so what was the pedal thing? What was the flat pedal thing?
1: Oh, so the 12 ride flat pedal challenge, just, just because, um, you know there so many clipless pedal riders are missing out on um a learning opportunity by staying locked into the pedals and by and so many riders got into riding and started on clipless or switched to clipless very early so they've only really ever experienced mountain biking with clipless pedals yeah you're speaking my language man so my my um mission was to inspire people to give flat pedals a try so they could experience mountain biking in a different way and by doing so it uh, basically forces them to learn how to utilize each of the skills on the trail in the most effective and efficient way and riding for at least 12 rides is enough time for riders to begin to experience that, even even if they don't follow the the drills, each drill each day, I've got a different drill, a different um, thing for riders to try to help them further explore the flat pedal experience. And, this
0: is such a such a interesting topic to me because obviously it's something I'm experiencing currently. So I, I think yeah. you know what you just said is almost like textbook yeah. of my life with with pedals. <laughs> so like you know, I started out BMX and you know, we would, you know, do huge freaking tabletop kind of jumps and hugs mm. and stuff like that. And coming off your pedals was something that happened, but it wasn't something that happened like every freaking time, you know, like that was like, you know, we used to always like brag about our like shin scars, you know, it was like shitty ass pedals with shitty ass shoes back then.
1: Mm-hmm. And whenever
0: I got into mountain biking, it was, you know, the toe clips were popular at that time. So it was like a, those of you guys that are a little younger, like a little plastic cage with a strap around your foot and so you like flipped it, you know, flipped it with your toe to get your foot back in and, and I know. Yeah. You pull your foot out. And um, then whenever I took a little hiatus from mountain biking, and when I came back, it was like the guy at the bike shop was like, oh, no, we don't use those anymore. Like we right. use these clipless things. And I was like, OK, well, cool. I'll do that mm-hmm. And then I did that for like you know, probably like the last ten years or so, maybe a little bit more. And and I just you know all the all these like arguments online about clips or flats, like just I always call it like a religion argument. You know, Not it's like, totally. whatever it's like oh. most it's like religion or politics, like whatever people are most passionate about. Yeah. Uh, but I felt like you know I can't have an opinion if I don't like go and give it a shot. Yeah. You know, and so when I bought the hardtail. Um, like I said, I was kind of,
1: and flat pedals, right?
0: So I I was like, you know, I want to get back to some of that skill set that I had when I was younger and, you know, put flats on and got shoes and God, these like pedals and shoes are like a million times better than they were when I was back in the day. Uh But holy shit, the first like rock that I just rolled off of, it probably was only like four inches off the ground, Uh like came off that rock lost both my pedals, just Uh. smashed my nuts all over the freaking place. Uh. You know, and it it made me instantly though, instantly, you know, realize, dude, there's a skill set that you're fucking up right now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, you know, like I could jump off a rock that was four feet, you know, no problem with with my clips or whatever, you know, it's like, here, this is like four inches and I just fucking lost my shit like I just learned (laughs) how to ride yesterday. And it really made me realize like cornering, like I never drop my heels anymore, uh-huh. you know? And it's like oh, just gosh. little, little things that when you're clipped in, like I think the way that you explain it is like, oh no, I'm more like locked in with the bike. I'm in tune with the bike. And it's like, no, dude, you're actually just not actually utilizing the skill that you, that will actually make you ride better. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not, you know, going to, to, like lay the holy damnation down on on clipless pedals just yet but no no i uh, at this point I, I took the clips off of my my bronson as well so originally they were just you know flats on my chameleon right. yeah and now i have them flats on both of them and um nice cool. it's definitely you know it definitely makes me think about some things that i wasn't thinking about mm-hmm. I'd, yeah. I'd like to hear some of your your like you know your tips or why you you were yeah. What, what kind of things that you're preaching to people about like what to practice or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, for
1: sure. Um, I mean, and and I'm not, I'm also not saying that flats are the answer for every mountain biker. You know, definitely there's certain riders or riders riding styles or situations where clipless pedals are, you know, the, the way to go. Like, I mean, pro DH racing, you know, it's, um, you know, clipless pedals are going to be, Better in a lot of those um, race situations than uh, flats. Having said that, you know you can bet that every one of those downhill racers can rip on flat pedals. They've done their flat pedal homework, and that's one of the reasons why they can ride at such a high level uh, with clipless. Um, so um, you know, I and that was my experience as a as a young rider. I got right into clipless pedals when I started mountain biking, racing cross country, and then I got into trials riding and I was practicing and learning how to ride trials with clipless pedals. It didn't make sense to me how I could possibly ride trials with flat pedals until I saw, um, you know, a couple other pros riding flats. I remember it was Ot Pi in Spain and Hans Rey. I was watching some of his videos and they were on flats. I'm like, what the hell? How is that even possible? And I, I swapped to flats and I completely sucked. I was terrible. Everything I'd learned, uh, I went completely backwards on, but I held the course. I stuck with it long enough. And before I knew it, um, I I blew past the level I was at with clipless pedals because um, kind of similar to what you were sharing um, there were massive holes there was there were things that I was shortcutting based on learning with clipless that I never would have discovered or realized if I hadn't switched to to flats so yeah um, you know, for, you know, the flat pedal challenge, I mean, a lot of it is just becoming comfortable, you know, on, on the flats and realizing some of the benefits of having, you know, the ability to dismount really quickly and instantaneously when, when things intentionally jumping off the bike. So I've got a couple, couple lessons where you can learn how to get off the bike real quickly. Um, And uh, you know, that in itself, inspires people to begin to feel more confident to try and attempt different technical tricky sections of trail because they know they can instantaneously get a foot off the bike for balance um, which is another big thing being able to move your feet on the pedals, tilt them sideways, stick a foot out for balance um, but just being able to quickly dab um, you know when you're doing a tech climb or you're coming up to um, you know a roll off or something and you feel kind of sketchy, um, or a quick dab, you know, around a corner, whatever it might be that you might need. These are amazing um, opportunities to have and utilize when you have clipless pedals. And you're generally people are much more comfortable to try something with flats. It's a little counterintuitive at first, you know, for a lot of clips. Yeah, it's
0: funny that yeah. the, the the dab, the dab scenario for me and clips doesn't resonate. Like I never had a problem with that. Mm-hmm. It, it's more like the things that I'm enjoying more than being able to take my foot off is being able to get my foot back on. Yeah. Like like in the super technical spot where you did dab or you you did stop, it's like on clips, it's like maybe your mud is under your freaking shoe because you put it down, or uh-huh. like trying to get like back into getting some speed and having your foot planted to get over this next little rocky section that you're standing on yeah, from yeah. zero. like on flats is just so much easier yeah, right you know it's there. like
1: yeah oh my oh, God. i can't imagine some of the tricky technical sections trying to get back clipped back in and yeah. negotiate this sketchy section but learning skills also like i mean i i you know i'm firm with people learning how to wheelie or learning how to manual that they have to be on flat pedals when they learn this yeah um, You know it's a safety thing also for bunny hops like you've got to learn how to bunny hop on flat pedals otherwise you're just going to shortcut your way through you're not going to feel the beautiful proper technique of what a bunny hop is supposed to be and you know unless you're on flat so for for learning that kind of thing no
0: i agree because that was one of those things where like i know i used to be able to bunny hop pretty good on my bmx bike and when i went back to flats mm -hmm. it was like oh shit, dude, my bunny hops are all fucked up. Cause basically all I was doing is, cause <laughs> yeah. then also, you know, in that time frame like I had gone to full suspension. So it's like, mm-hmm. all I was really doing is like preloading the suspension and kind of jumping with it, you yeah. know, and not actually going through that motion to yeah. lift the bike as much. So it was like, that was one of those things where it was like, I got on, it was like, all of a sudden I like barely could bunny hop. I was like, that was one of those, like another aha kind of moment was like, yeah, no, I, I need to do this to get better. Like, obviously, like, mm-hmm. even if at the end of this mm. whole training pattern, maybe I ride flats for a year and I'm like, okay, cool. I got it, yeah. you know, but like. Yeah, Club, but sure, totally right.
1: be stoked on, to- but, totally stoked on that. For
0: but at the very least, like getting on them just made me realize like, dude, there's some shit I definitely need to work on.
1: You got some homework.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think even like doing it, I feel like going to flats has helped me corner better Uh because i'm thinking more about my 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 foot position and like how my heels are dropped or whatever and like Mm -hmm. maybe more so on technical stuff but like i just feel like it's really it's really opening my eyes up to a a lot of things that maybe i wasn't realizing like you said that i was i was getting shortcuts on yay cool yeah oh man that's yeah and i mean that's totally not you know anybody like feeding me anything to like get me there. It was just like, I put the pedals on and it was just like what I learned, just getting on the trail outside of what my experience has been. And then also knowing like what I could do back in my BMX days. I was like, this is, this is ridiculous. Like I used to hit jumps and be like freaking 10 feet in the air. And now I roll off a four inch rock and freaking lose it. You know, (laughs) like, (laughs) Yeah. you know and it doesn't take that long i think to come back you know i'm i'm actually just yesterday i um wrote a downhill segment in my local area and pr'd it on my hardtail riding flats and oh, the right. time that i would have had before would have been with my six inch bronze and riding clips you know that's fucking sick uh, you know yeah way to go man yeah that's like really cool you know i mean i'm sure there's freaking. According to Strava, 1,500 people that have a better time than me, but <laughs> but for me, like that was awesome. You know, that's like definitely, you know, it meant a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, that's super cool. I love, yeah. Love stuff like that. Actually, it reminds me of one of the trailhead tip traps in uh, the, that course that I did. One of them was um, um, the uh, idea that getting a new bike, latest technology makes you a better rider. And, um, I had one student just write, um, saying that, um, that, you know, he was so stoked on this new bike that, um, and he got it and he went out and got a, got a, um, a PR, um, on the new bike. And he was like, yeah, this bike. And then, and then out of curiosity, he went, he went back on, um, his old bike and went and then he beat that PR (laughs) over his old bike. Um, and part of I mean, there's a lot of different reasons I, I share and provide in um, on that um, tip trap. I mean, yeah, it's, it's awesome getting a new bike and there's gonna be advantages for sure, but they pale in comparison to the mental aspects um, that you bring to a new bike and the the power that that can bring you know such as you know you're dreaming about this bike you're seeing your favorite pros riding it you're kind of visualizing thinking about how you're going to ride once you get this new bike and what it's going to be like um and um and then you know you carry that belief into this new bike
0: yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> you no know, i can totally see what you're saying i like i can relate with that when i bought my bronson because like before that i had a bike that was older technology i just kept upgrading and upgrading upgrading yeah, and right. finally i was like this geometry is you know i need, i need something new you know and yeah, yeah. I, um when i bought that bike i definitely like went through that process of what you just said mm-hmm. the funny thing with the I mean, chameleon Chimbulian... like the magic these days it's, it's unbelievable I mean, oh yeah it was like, I'm like, like not, i couldn't believe in but...
1: the new i mean it's it is amazing like yeah bikes are capable of and what they invite as possible
0: the funny the funny thing about the chameleon for me was that you know when i got that it was like like i said i wanted to kind of get back to some like bmx kind of stuff but realistically like if i was being like more than a hundred percent honest Mm-hmm. Like the main reason, main reason I got that bike was for content for my channel. was oh, like, oh, you, yeah. you know, like, uh, let me get this. I can show people that you can ride a quote unquote entry level hardtail. I mean, that's a high end one for entry level, but like yeah. you you can b- ride a hardtail. You can ride the hard same shit that I'm riding anyway and be able to like, kind of like sh- tell that story. Cool. And um, I really didn't in my wildest dreams think that when I bought this bike, that my Bronson would be like, I'd have to like really have a reason to take it out. And that's what it's been like. I just had one of my subscribers yesterday when I was riding, like stopped me. he's like, dude, where's the Bronson? Like, why do you never ride it anymore? And I'm like, this thing's fucking fun as hell. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I'm gonna go somewhere like up in Tahoe, that's hella gnarly. Yeah, I'm gonna take the full suspension bike. My back will fucking love me for it. Yeah, But like, <laughs> of everything else that I ride, dude, this freaking hardtail is the shit, man. Like, I fucking love this bike. (laughs) That's so great. It is like not what I like, I, you know, like going into it was like the farthest thing that I would have ever expected to happen. It was really like, oh, I can make a bunch of videos about this. It'll be like really good for the channel. Uh Nowhere was I thinking that like I was going to all of a sudden be a fucking hardtail advocate, right?
1: (laughs) I'm glad to hear. I'm stoked. Yeah, I mean, having logged plenty of time on hardtails like I'm, I'm stoked to hear that there's a bit of a bit of a trend and some some movement back to the classic hardtail so
0: i think you know the thing that's really fun about it for me is that like what i said initially or, earlier on was just you know it just make, makes things harder again when you've ridden your local area you know so many times like mm-hmm. you yeah, that one downhill segment that I was talking about was fun the first 300 times I rode it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's still fun the 700 time now that I've ridden it, but yeah. it's definitely not the same level of fun. You know what I mean? And and things like getting a t- totally different bike like a hardtail or or going night riding for the first time like those things take those trails and they make them maybe not even new again but like new and more extraordinary than they were before when they were new you, you know it's like yeah really yeah. really uh fun to do and i think that's you know not everybody can can like travel the world and and be able to like be like bkxe and just like go in every fucking country and ride trails you know like huh. but you can like make what you have in front of you wildly different by what tool that you take to get there
1: right You know, yeah what tool you take and what mindset you take to the trail as well definitely both are both are pretty pretty cool um ways to to mix up your riding
0: definitely Mm -hmm. so we've done a lot of talking about the website um what what does it cost to be part of that
1: um so yeah i mean i've always got one free course going so that's often
0: a good way for people to get an experience of what the site is like and how it works. So anybody that's listening at any time can go to the site, what's the site? Uh, They can just go to ryanleach.com or uh,
1: learn.ryanleach.com and Uh ramp the website and you can go to the menu and go to the free section. Um, And on the website you can find info about each of the different courses that I've got. the people people can buy courses as an individual course like a a a one-off but most people um probably 90 percent of people get a membership which is uh 19 bucks a month and that's that's not bad gives them access to the whole library and then gives them access to the coach team and so it is pretty ridiculous value actually when you think about being able to basically having your your own private coach 24 7 that you can reach out to you have got questions about um your skills uh so
0: yeah and i would assume that your ambassadors are other pro riders or like just guys that have been like what what, what are the other ambassadors like what's their kind of yeah that... i've
1: got i've got so so they've had to have gone
0: uh hang on a second that's, we're that's having key can you start that that over Gone. again your uh your internet is taking oh, yeah. a so, lay shit right now <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see in the next 30 seconds of me that, just bullshitting whether or not that thing comes back together so um nonetheless looks like he's has, getting a little it, pixelated over there has yep. it come back? yep sounds like you're coming back around
1: okay cool um well i was just talking about the ambassadors and coaches
0: on my yes team. yes thank you Let, let's start that mm-hmm. over again
1: yeah cool so they are students first they've gotten familiar with all the all the progressions on all the different courses on my site so that added the key qualifier for being an ambassador and you know there's a bit of a selection process uh a mini course that's designed just for the ambassadors to help um bring them up to speed standard for how to be an ambassador it's online am i still with you yeah yeah
0: you're still there am i still there a little bit kind of yeah yeah you're still there it's just a little little tingy maybe if you open the door or something let some let some wi-fi in (laughs)
1: Yeah. Hello. <laughs> uh, open, open the spaceship door there.
0: Yeah, there we go. Maybe, maybe um, that'll solve the problem. Yeah.
1: So, cool. <laughs> um, So, yeah, and then, you know, the um, other coaches or qualified coaches, they've helped out maybe um, behind the scenes with some of the course design um, or and and also just really interesting, cool people and able to one of the keys is able to communicate through text. um, Right. Um, and so and and also be able to use tools such as you know do we do photo comparison as well often we'll take a screenshot of the video and compare it to a video of me in one of the tutorials so um, and it's a really it's a really great community we've got a private Facebook group that we all hang out in as well and so that's a little more of a free-for-all kind of thing where you know people from all over the world in the group and so it's a really interesting mix because they're all all, they have to pay to be there which also self-selects the people who are in the um the community and so that creates you know there's
0: no trolls it's just a really positive environment you don't pay freaking 20 bucks a month to go fucking start shit with people right? no
1: exactly (laughs) (laughs) totally Exactly. So, um, so that's also kind of one of the that's one of the aspects that people talk about being actually one of the bigger values is um, being able to hang out and communicate and interact with um, the other riders from around the world and the coach team as well. So,
0: so when you first came up with that thirty day um, wheelie challenge, did you think that it was going to grow to be what it is now? Um, I didn't. I I knew when I was creating it that shit this is this
1: is valuable you know people people are going to love this so i had a really good
0: gut feeling when i was creating it that this is this was four years ago so at that point like really the mountain bike kind of youtube scene hadn't really kind of popped off yet either so there wasn't really like a lot of hey let me just get on youtube and have some schmuck in freaking sacramento tell me how to do a wheelie right (laughs) right (laughs) Yeah, right, exactly. So So like I'm sure you getting in there at the right time, that probably helped a lot.
1: Yeah, probably. It's um different. Yeah, I mean it's a different space than YouTube, obviously. Um so it's uh and and yeah, it did surprise me. It does surprise me now to realize where things are at. You know, I didn't I thought it might be just that one course, but you know, I quickly realized that, you know, there's a lot more that I could share that would be really valuable. So you know made another course and then another one and then another one and um and yeah
0: it's just been quite a ride <laughs> yeah that's crazy when you told me thirty six thousand people that you know that have gone through you, yeah you know like you you've influenced that many people like it's kind of like and i'm sure like three times that in your career professionally you know over the years but yeah. you know like when you see like an actual number in front of you it's kind of like me like this subscriber count that I have, you know, it's like wow. Like when I'm talking, like there's that many people out there that actually wanted to fucking hear. Like who would have thought, you know, some <laughs> fat guy who likes to drink too much would have like seven thousand people that wanted to hear what the fuck he had to say, you know? Ah, uh, yeah, no, it is pretty amazing. It is pretty cool.
1: It's a privileged position to be in, and obviously, you know, you know, we we put in the effort to um to be where where we are um and uh it's just so grateful to to have the opportunity to and have the um you know the the platform to be able to share um yeah it's amazing and just share the positive vibes and and you know it's uh
0: Yeah, pretty cool. I I can't remember what question I was even responding to there. Me neither. I totally forgot. I started reading one of these comments. Somebody asked if you do the sketch work of mountain bikers on your site.
1: Oh yeah, that's actually. um, He was um he was an early customer on the website. Um and his his name's Wasik, Uh, Wacky. If you're ever on Pink Bike, he's one of the famous trolls on pink bike <laughs> <laughs>
0: you do have trolls on your side
1: i do they're they trolling for the public space <laughs> he's actually a brilliant brilliant man um obviously his artistry is unbelievable um and so i've worked with him quite closely for yeah i mean since i started the website it's um, super cool great so
0: great Four years later, I mean, like when you first started, I assume it's just like you, right? Or did you like reach out to your sponsors and say, Hey, I need to like get some capital to try to start this thing. I mean, did you know anything about web hosting or?
1: No, I mean, I had some savings. I had some time and, you know, it didn't cost me too much. And, you know, I knew, I knew enough about online stuff. You know, I've always been, had a bit of a tech side to me, so I just figured it all out and, um, Got it all launched and just it was just myself and um you know i was able to keep up with the comments through that barely um and uh and then yeah as as things started to grow i i created an ambassador team um just to help out um you know um, and then got a couple more coaches and you know you know it's just one small step after the other and um
0: you know so are you still doing any kind of shows for your your sponsors or anything like that? Or is like, like no. when I saw you in Sedona, were you there just on your own or? Were, yeah, what? no no trial
1: shows. I'm not doing trial shows anymore, but I'm still doing events and um, different projects for my sponsors, you know, Norco and Shimano. Shimano is one of the um, key sponsors I work with and Marzocchi Kenda tires and Riders Eyewear you know those are all brands that are still um, supporting me in different ways Um, so yeah Sedona Mountain Bike Fest I ran the bunny hop um, party Um, so yeah 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 were you there that was super yeah I was there yeah yeah it was a blast so so had that the foot down competition as well I was also teaching um some um, skills jams when I was there. Um and also did, you know, a Shimano ride, um, group ride and um, so those kinds of things, just getting out there, being having some one on one experiences or just in person experiences um with people. Um and you know, there's always, you know, some photo shoot projects and media projects and whatnot for sponsors
0: um so how's that work like norco just calls you up like hey we're you know we're gonna fly this photographer down to sedona and we want you to go out and like just take some pictures of our bikes or yeah pretty
1: much yeah exactly so
0: so like when you're doing that like you just like you guys just decide to go on a ride or is it like hey we know like we're going to go to this one spot and we're going to film a bunch of pictures there. And then we're going to go to this one spot and film, or is it just like kind of yeah. like laissez faire? Like let's do this loop and we'll see what fucking happens.
1: Yeah. That's often more so the case. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, some, some, sometimes like, it's like we go like the photographers, you know, pro photographer will know, you know, we can go for a ride and just session one particular spot. Cause you know, the photographer knows that that's a spot gonna be dialed you know Uh and spend time working on that shot and then they'll get
0: the shot and they'll know they've got it so um and um so is it like you go out and like shoot all day and then they use like five pictures of the whole day or something
1: uh who is old (laughs) it's different every time i was um on hornby island for a festival and bike magazine was doing an article on the history of this um unique gulf island um not too far from vancouver and um so I got out on a photo shoot, doing some trialsy stuff on the beach on a bunch of logs um, with uh, Bruno Long, who's um, one of Bike Magazine's main um, photo editors. And um, so you know, we hung out there shooting for maybe maybe about an hour, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, he he got you know four or five shots that um, he could submit that he knew were banger shots, and uh, and then we went for a swim. So right
0: on. that's super cool Mm -hmm. so um being a pro level rider and i mean trials in my opinion is just amazing i remember the first time that i've seen a trials video online i was just like amazed at the control and you know just it was like wow i didn't know you could do that on a bike you know and so like you guys you guys that ride trials like i really hold a high level of respect for and it it makes me wonder though, like now you've been writing professionally, you know, for 30 years, like what kind of things is it that like, when you get to a trail that makes you sketched out, you know, like, cause yeah. like for me, I've been writing that long, but I'm not writing at your level, you know? So for me to be sketched out, I feel like it's normal, but yeah. I feel like guys like you are like, like when I met Andrew T- Taylor, it's like, Dude, he rode rampage. It's like, what the (laughs) fuck scares you? You know?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's it. it Is a fortunate, it's a really fortunate position to be in to have ridden mountain bikes for so long and to have such varied experience of different trails. Kind of in my in my body, like I can I can ride a lot of really tech scary stuff and not fear crashing. For me, at this stage of my career, you know, I'm not. I don't have the urge to push myself or take risks um, at all. Like I still love, I still love cleaning a trail and ripping and getting some speed going. But I'm always below that edge. Whereas, um, for a good chunk of my career, it was my job was to walk that fine line of of being in disaster zone kind of thing and right
0: like, like the, description the fine is, line between like er visit and beers yeah, afterwards totally and yeah.
1: you know that's actually really what a pro is it's someone who can walk that fine line and consistently um, not end up in the hospital we're we're good at we're good <laughs> at, we're good at doing that and we're right, doing right. That for long enough to get good enough to get sponsorship and long enough and good enough to create a career um, so I was one of those that managed to avoid the ER, um, yeah. was just smart enough to, um, avoid going over the edge. And I, you know, certainly I, I, had, um, I scared myself a lot of times and, you know, I took a toll on my body, but I've got no interest now. I want to ride my bike forever, you know, longevity right. really right. for me, you know, that's, that's where I want, I want to be riding when I'm 70, 80 years yeah. And that requires me to ride in a certain way now that is below what I'm capable of a lot of the times. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, and for instance, for jumping, um, I created a course called Jump with Confidence on my website. And that was a course for myself. I hired some other coaches to to guide me in that course that was kind of a unique one for for my website because i wanted to learn how to jump and jump confidently that was never part of the trials toolkit of skills that was right right intentionally avoided as a trials rider because generally when i went jumping i'd end up crashing and hurting myself so i tended to avoid that part of mountain biking um because i didn't want to hurt myself for my actual job which was performing trial shows because you guys
0: Um, would get you would get paid like per show, right? It's not like you're a salary employee, right? Yeah. I mean I got well, if you got salary. hurt, you were not getting paid anymore.
1: No, I mean I got salary from my sponsors, but I got oh, paid, okay. I got paid per show as well. And then that's right, right, okay. To make an income. Yeah, it. yeah. So um so anyway, um I I worked through and I got got decent at jumps, but you know, I've got a long way to go to feel comfortable doing any kind of gap jump, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um but i don't you know a lot of people would just keep pushing themselves and developing that skill set but no yeah, no i'm happy Interna- intermediate tabletop jump you know i'm good with that i don't need to go any further um yeah. so you not going to
0: let like, go boost all of a line up there no
1: exactly I, I, <laughs> I don't have i don't have that desire and i can't i can't force the desire either like i'm in tune enough with my own sort of desires and goals and while on one hand i feel a push as a pro to continue progressing and pushing and making sure that, you know, I can keep up when I'm out on a group ride, but, uh, I don't have that anymore. I don't have that need. I don't have that drive or desire. Um, I just want to ride and enjoy myself when I'm out on the trail. You know, I want to still challenge myself with, you know, tech lines that are fun and creative. Um, and get a good high from that i i want to refine and bring more style and smoothness to the skills that i already have and you know that's a lifelong project kind of like cornering is a lifelong project i do all these things really safely and really enjoy myself i can see a lot of really beautiful parts of nature um, and really take that in and enjoy that. I can connect with the people that I'm out riding with more so than if I'm just preoccupied in my own kind of game of ego or trying to conquer a certain line. And so those are aspects of the sport for me that are, are really important and that
0: that I'm nurturing in, in my own um, way at this stage of my career. I wonder how much of that is just like, you know, wisdom of getting older. Cause I mean, some of for the sure. stuff that you said, you know, like even With myself, obviously I wasn't at a pro level, but I know in my twenties, I definitely like, there wasn't like a, I didn't really give a fuck about maybe breaking my leg or my arm or, you know, it's like, but now it's like, man, I, I screwed my shoulder up a few years back. And ever since then, it's been like, dude, that kept me off the bike for like a long time like yeah. i don't i don't want to do that because no. this is like my freaking my church yeah. you know and if i can't go to church like this is that was not good for me like spiritually like mentally like it was physically you know like i gained yeah. a whole bunch of weight like it was just like so many parts of just me not being able to ride a bike really fucked me up and it was like oh. man, I, I don't want to fuck with that you know it's hard though it is like
1: Yes, and we are getting older and wiser, but still, that there, it's it's easy to get caught up in things. Yeah, in group ride, it's 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 you know easy to um, lose your focus and not be paying attention, and something happens. Um, you know, meditation. Actually, um, I was going to mention it when we were talking about yoga. Like for me, like a lot of people say they crash and have the worst injuries when they're riding something that's not even that hard. Or yeah. if they're just riding along, and um, you know that uh, I've had the experience and talked to a lot of people, and often it's just because they've they're lost in their head, yeah, um, thinking about other things. They're not in the moment, and and then boom, you know, they catch a pedal, or you know, they, yeah, yeah, something. They're so. not reading the dirt, and they slide out, or they're just um, they get caught up and realize they're going too fast. They didn't anticipate. Um, something coming up, and for me, I've found that um, having a, a solid meditation practice has definitely helped with sort of that ability to, to remain present uh, during um, those kind of riding situations, and and that links to the longevity topic I was just talking about. So it's it's yeah, it's not necessarily just about pushing yourself or taking the risks like we did when we were younger, um, but uh, you know, just just being present um not getting caught up in the adrenaline because adrenaline is still a drug man i love it yeah
0: yeah i mean i think that's the main reason we all do it you know yeah
1: i mean i still get caught up in that too and um or just being able to still you know that that peer pressure is still a factor um even as you get a
0: peer pressure is a, a beautiful drug man because it's like on one hand it's like (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, it causes you to do things that you wouldn't have fucking talked yourself into on your own. Yeah. And then on the other hand, it causes you to do things that you wouldn't have fucking talked yourself into on your own. You know, it's like yeah. it's like a catch 22 there. It's totally.
1: Yeah. So being able to to be with all those elements that are part of what makes the sport so incredible um, in a in a more um in a way that honors that intention of being able to ride your bike forever um being clear for me being clear about that has really helped me when i was in some of those peer pressure kind of situations especially i mean it might you know being being a pro and and having a name and showing up on group rides you know definitely it was challenging to to be to to allow myself to be the one that walks a section or skips a section.
0: Oh yeah. I'm sure. I mean, I can imagine like, you know, my, my like place in like going out on group rides is like, people know I'm a fat ass and like, I'm not the best rider. So they're like already like, like, Oh yeah, look, bikers walking up that hill, no shit, yeah. you know, but like to be like a pro rider, I, yeah, I can definitely see there had to be like pretty high level of like, you know you feel like you're committed to do that because that's what these people came to see right
1: uh, right so it's it was always it was a tricky
0: time to go through that but I feel like i'm through it <laughs> yeah well no that's good that's good what's uh what's one of the places or times in your career that you look back on and you just like you, you reminisce you're like man that was really that was really cool that i got to do that or really cool that i was part of that or
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Good question.
1: Well, you brought up, um, you brought, brought up Jeff Lanosky uh-huh. on. And so I did, uh, the Vans warp tour, this punk rock tour through, through the U S through all the States. It was like a two month long tour. And we did that for a couple summers together, traveled on a tour bus and, um, did trial shows in front of just tons of people and just, uh, had a great, great experience and great time. So that was, uh, that was a cool one. And,
0: so he's a super cool dude too. I'm sure, man. To, like, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: I've met him a, a few times, and the first time I met him, I was like, like I didn't really know him at all. You know, I, I've, I've been one of those guys that was into bikes my whole life, but never really was a person that like paid attention to who pros were. Right. Uh, honestly, like, I think the only pro rider that I probably knew before I started my YouTube channel was like. Danny Maxskill and 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 Lance Armstrong, you know what I mean? Like, like I know a bunch of them now, but it's because I've met them. You know what I mean? Like, and I, like, you know, so I, I just never was somebody that was really. But when I met met him, like, really fucking cool guy, really humble, just mm-hmm. like you. I mean, like, like somebody was saying in the chat that you know, they 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 find you like a real humble guy with earnest goodwill for everybody to improve their game is what they said. Oh, you know, wow. like. Oh that's uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that's 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 really cool. That's one of the things that I, I do like about mountain bikers, you know, in general is that usually the guys that are like really good are are not fucking boisterous about it, you know. Yeah. I don't yeah. think I think I don't think you need to be, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, that's true. Just kind I don't of know. be who you are. <laughs> I, I would guess that probably the guys that are being too boisterous are probably still on their their way of, of getting to that, that Zen state, right? Yeah. So what's what's yeah. in what's in, in tune for you here in the in the, the near future here? You just keep plugging away on the website. Do you have any like other kind of big things that you're doing? Uh, yeah, plugging
1: away on the website. You know, it's a big one, be a works works there, a couple group rides and um my um, way down to Arizona. I'm working on a course called beginners that's gonna be the big project in the winter. So,
0: so I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna paraphrase what I think grade. you just said there. You said I'm in Squamish right now, I'm heading down to Arizona. You started a new course. We didn't catch what the new course was though, because the Wi-Fi was like, I'm not with it. <laughs>
1: Well, there's a few courses I'm working on that I want to get out. The big ones.
0: Well, so he said that he didn't want to give out what the new course is, but maybe that's what's going on with the internet. He's like, put on the internet Wi-Fi jammer right now so that I can actually say the name of it and be like, dude, I told you it's not my fault you didn't fucking hear it. So... Hopefully, we can get you back here in the last. Like it's almost two hours. We wrap this thing up, and uh, before uh, we we have like the thermonuclear internet meltdown. Let's see it. Let's see. Let's see if we got a little more Ryan Leach coming back before we end this. Maybe maybe not any of you guys in the chat while well, i'm going to sit here and spin my wheels while his internet comes back on have any questions you want to ask ryan i'll take a look at that while i just ramble on for a minute or two we'll see what happens with his internet uh those of you guys that threw up a super chat i actually only saw one of them thanks a lot brian t what's up rob for the beer fun five bucks dude brian t's always there every show i appreciate all of that you guys that um are are just running into this channel for the first time, make sure you hit the subscribe button and, and support the channel any way you can. If you like the video, if you laughed once, if you got one piece of information out of it that you liked, hit the thumbs up. It's really not that fucking difficult, right? If you didn't like a bunch of shit, hit the thumbs down button two times, walk away feeling like you overachieved it. You did a good job there. Um, those of you guys that, don't like listening to this shit on youtube for whatever reason there are other ways to hear this i have this as a podcast on google play and spotify and the apple podcast store and all those fancy places that you can listen to a podcast and i can see that ryan's internet is like on point again so ryan what was it that you said you're working on
1: oh um yeah the big course for this fall is going to be called uh beginners blast off um got a couple more in the works but that's uh that's gonna be a big big focus so it'll be basically beginner to intermediate so
0: i think you know stuff like that is always valuable because i've watched videos on shit that i know how to do just by other creators that i like and they're like oh i'm gonna do this like the one that's coming to mind right now is uh there's a guy named alex chamberlain was uh, he's a pro writer as well he was doing his, his own channel for a bit and he was like changing brakes or something like that. It was something that I had done like a bunch of times. I was just watching it because I wanted to see his video. And there was like a couple of things that I pull out of it. I was like, oh, wow. I never really thought about doing it that way. Or that's that's a really good way to remember that. Yeah. And I think, you know, even as a writer that's been writing for a while, like checking something out that's based towards towards new new people, like I bet you, you pick something up. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a super valuable course. So
1: I've been uh, wanting to do it for a while and it's uh, now's the time. So what's the free course that's out right now? Uh, trailhead tip traps. So what does that mean? So that's the, the well-intentioned tips that riders spew out uh, at the top of a trail or partway along a trail that, you know, they're just a few words that they throw out, but the tip causes, can cause more harm than it, uh, it, it gives. It's very, mm. it's very partial. And so, basically, the the tip might kind of like that, dropping the outside foot. It might be useful in one circumstance, but it can get locked in those riders' heads and uh, cause cause them um, to be in a bit of a trap for um, for the rest of the time.
0: So, there's seven of them that I've. So, like. Like, use more front brake when you're going down this rock roll. You'll be good. Right. Well, the one for that is get your weight back on
1: steeps, which is, uh, again, uh, it it can be useful in some certain circumstances, but definitely not in all. Or to look further down the trail. You know, look further ahead. You know, that's a yeah. hit that's tip trap.
0: Um, yeah, no, that's definitely, I, I see what you're saying. Because like the weight back one is if you do that in the wrong spot, you're unloading the front tire. So you're losing some stuff there. So, right. yeah, basically, I still I fill in those tips to m- make them
1: much more powerful and useful. So. So how
0: often does the uh, the, the free video change
1: uh, generally once a year,
0: once a year? So yep. that stays up. So basically if somebody comes and they wanna see the free one, or they kind of like signing up for an account at that point and then they get the free one?
1: Yeah, so it's uh, they have to sign in to get into the platform where the videos are hosted. So they create a free account um, for the free course. You don't have to have a credit card, you don't have to use that. but. Um, You just put in your email and name and it unlocks the the video and you can work through the video and it includes um, interaction with our coach team as well. So they can get that experience of what it's like. So um, and uh, and then, yeah, for the for the membership, there's also a seven day free trial. So if someone does want to check out the full experience, then um, they sign up with a credit card and that gives them seven free days
0: and uh, unlocks everything. So. That's awesome. So ryanleach.com. dot com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's R Y A N L E E C H. Correct. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll definitely put the link up in the show. More. Is there anything else you want to say to people before we we wrap this up?
1: Um. No. I mean, I'm just super stoked that uh, we could hang out and chat, and that uh, you've got an audience where um we can we can have a have a voice and uh, yeah. You know, you're great. Great to hang out with. Oh, thank you, man. Was, uh, good to hang out and spend this time with you.
0: Yeah, definitely, dude. It's, it's been a blast. You know, like every time I sit down for one of these these interviews, like I never know what I'm I'm going to get into. I never know like where the conversation's going to go. And like, I I hands down, Ryan did not pay me to say this ahead of time. Like, definitely did not think that I wanted to come out of this fucking conversation trying to learn how to how to fucking do a wheelie. But I think you talked me into it, man. I'm really kind of excited to take a look at your site. And I, I think I, I will I, I think I'm definitely like gonna do a video about that that process and with with your your content as well because I think that that's um you spoke to me, you know, and and, and um I would have never had that opportunity for you to speak to me if 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 we weren't here on this platform. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know it was a a long time in the making for us to get together. And I I had a great time, great time chatting with you, man. Right, right on so glad. sweet so everybody out there like i was saying earlier if you want to listen to this shit on a podcast go check it out on one of those podcasts and do a review on it please only five star reviews is the only the only acceptable review that you can do if you want to do a four star review there's plenty of other podcasts to do that on so do that over there um one thing you got to for you guys to remember if i could actually speak today i'm trying to wrap this shit up um uh just remember one thing and one thing only it only takes a bike to be a biker get the fuck out and be one bitches <laughs> <laughs>